Hello, everybody. My name is MJ the Tutor, and you are listening to another episode of Accounting Makes Sense, an MJ the Tutor podcast. This podcast is focused on helping accounting students all over the world by offering a quick warm up on various accounting and business topics that hopefully leads to the generation of bigger discussions and conversation. For all those studying or taking up SEMA right now, this episode is for you. In today's episode, I thought we'd do something slightly different and address a list of frequently asked questions about the SEMA case study exams. Most, if not all, of this information is available on the SEMA website, but I suppose if you're a first-time case study exam taker, it's difficult to separate that concern or anxiety over what you'll be facing on exam day. Sometimes you may just need that reassuring and supporting voice to help you with your burning questions. So here goes. Let's do our FAQs about the SEMA case study exams. And uh, let me just grab somebody to help me with the countdown. Number one. On a case study exam, a student faces off with three or four questions at exam day. Each question is between 30 to 60 minutes long. What happens when the student finishes answering the first question, but still have a few minutes left before the 60 minutes is up? Can the student save these few minutes and add them onto the second question? The answer to that is no. Each question is exactly the length that it is stated. As you enter the exam platform, there will be a list in the front of the exam to tell you the number of questions you'll be facing, be it three or four, and the time associated with each one. If a question states that it is 45 minutes long, then that question is 45 minutes long. So let's say we have question one and question two, both at 45 minutes, if you saved a few minutes because you've addressed the requirements faster or you've typed faster and you think your answer is done, maybe you finish question one with 10 minutes to go, this 10 minutes does not get added up to question number two. Question two will still be 45 minutes. Number two. So a follow up on the time per question, how strictly should a student be following the time limit given by SEMA per question. So the answer to that is very strictly. If the question is worth 45 minutes, the platform is actually set up so that it will close you off from that current question if you do not finish by the allotted time. There is a timer at the exams and that timer alerts the student if you only have five minutes uh, and two minutes to go before the time is up. So once time is up, you are closed off from that current question and you are transferred onto the next question, in which case the timer resets and starts counting down again. Number three. On a case study exam, there are sometimes multiple requirements to be addressed. So let's say we have two requirements per question, which is the norm. Should a student be doing well on all the requirements? Meaning, is it still possible to pass if a student encounters one bad requirement? For the first question, with regards to doing well on all requirements, that is the simplest rule to follow. A student should always 
answer all the questions in order to gain the best possible mark for the exams. Having said that, to address the second question, which is for any reason you encounter one bad section or requirement and you're unfamiliar with the topic and that kind of thing, don't panic. One bad section will not fail you the whole exam. It is still possible to recover as long as you address the bad section as best you can. Number four. What is the pass mark? So the pass mark for a SEMA case study exam is 80 over 150. There is a bit more involvement in the way that the 80 over 150 is calculated. You see, this is a scaled mark. So the exam itself is out of 100 points. So if you are thinking of it in normal terms, think of it as 100%. There is no exact point as to a pass mark with 100%. So that doesn't mean that if you score 50%, it's a pass. And if you score 53%, which is 80 over 150, gives you that 53%, doesn't mean that 53% is a pass as well. The scaling happens because of the different difficulty levels of the exam variants. There is more discussion on this on the SEMA website as well as my other podcasts and blog posts. So I will direct you guys uh, to those uh, entries. I'll encourage you to visit those websites if you wish to understand the scaling better. But the pass mark is 80 over 150, and your results will be presented in that way. So if you get 90, that means it is 90 over 150, and so on. Number five. Going back to the multiple requirements in a question, normally there are two requirements in a question. Would it be okay for the student to address the second requirement first before addressing the first requirement? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Yes, sometimes it does happen that a student is more familiar with the second requirement than the first one. So the advice is for the student to address the topic area that you are most confident in. This will help with coming up with answers, paragraphs, and ideas. They're going to be faster because you're familiar with it. This doesn't mean that you should abandon the other requirement, of course, just because you've answered one of them. The strategy is still to address all requirements as best you can. Number six. Since it's a typing kind of exam, how fast of a typist should I be? Well, okay. So SEMA suggests that a student should at least be able to type 20 words per minute. I do have a blog post about being speedy Gonzalez. Uh, I'll link it up in the show notes. Uh, but the general rule is that if you can type 20 words per minute, then you can take the exam. Of course, it goes without saying that if you can be faster, then it is probably better. Number seven. Because of being fast, spelling mistakes can occur. How big of an issue is it to use the right spelling and grammar for exams? So I always say that SEMA case study exam is not an English test. It is written in English, but a lot of the exam takers are bilingual and speak multiple languages. Some students don't even have English as their first language. So this is really not a big problem. If it occurs at the exams, so be it. You don't have to correct every single spelling mistake that you make. However, this does not mean that you can get away with typing gibberish. The only rule 
I'd probably point out with regards to spelling is that while it occurs and it's normal, your sentence or message should still make sense, even if you've misspelled a word here or there. Number eight. Can we bring a calculator at the exam? The answer is yes. Sima has published a list of calculators that you are able to bring with you at the exams. Just to point out as well that the case study exam is not a mathematical exam. You may have to do some simple calculations, but nothing overly complicated. The case study is first and foremost a report writing exam highlighting skills in strategy and logical thinking. Number nine. Should I bring the pre-seen material to the exams? If not, is there a way to access the material on the day? So the answer to the first question is that it's a no. You do not bring the pre-seen material to the exam. The pre-seen material will be available on the platform. It's gonna be a button which opens up a separate window on your screen. The button is available once you've entered the exams online. So if you need to refer back to any information on the pre-scene, the material is available. Having said this, I usually advise students that the pre-scene should be read prior to getting to the exams. If you've been doing practice questions and all that, you should be familiar with the pre-scene by the time you hit the day of the exams. The only time you should be referring to the pre-scene during the exams is when you want to include a very particular information on your answer, something like a specific name or terminology. But generally, this is very rare. Number 10. How do I book for the exams? So this can be done online using your MySEMA account. There is more information about this on the SEMA website, so I'll just link it up on the show notes. If you are planning on booking an exam, please do remember the important dates. There are exam windows of when you can start booking for the session and when those windows close for exam booking. Just be sure to remember so that you don't get closed out if you are planning to do it. And that is it. This was quite enjoyable. I think I kind of like this format of having a list of questions and addressing them. I think I may do this occasionally on some of my future episodes, so watch the space. Anyways, if you do have questions, you can reach out to me through the website or here on the podcast. As always, thank you for listening to Accounting Makes Sense. I am your host, MJ the Tutor. If you're keen to connect, to be updated with the arrival of the next episode of this podcast or find SEMA resources online, please head on over to my website, www.mjthetutor.com. You can also hit subscribe on whichever platform you are using to listen to this podcast. If you want to connect on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name MJ the Tutor. So I hope to see you again next time. Ciao for now!